I'm Tari, also known as Tita Jones Jr. Look, you're really fucking weird. But on that note, I'm Rayan. I'm Joe Pietro, and technically, I'm not here against my will. Welcome to Voda 2020. <laughs> Welcome. We're a bunch of unemployed schmucks who decide to start a podcast. We'll be sitting with Lebanese characters from all walks of life. Repeat. On this episode of Fauda, we sat down with Moain Jabe, a multi-talented TV producer, podcaster, and activist. And Sam Al-Khouri, an activist who has more passion towards Lebanon in his left pinky than all Lebanese politicians combined. We spoke about the significance of the majorly hit areas that were affected after the Beirut explosion. We vented about the systemic corruption within the country and touched upon how social media is driving the Lebanese revolution. We all believe change is coming and we discussed the different ways in which people can help each other going forward. If you are able to adapt to any situation, you're also able to adapt in a situation that is as destructive as the one that we witness now. Maybe we, some of us needed this to wake up and really see who is uh, controlling us. Sam Seven has been shot, I've been shot. I see a, a blast take place and just suddenly smoke and I see 20 people just drop to the floor talking saves lives and it's super fucking true especially now you don't know what people are going through our main target is to have a proper country a better Lebanon and we should focus on that thanks for joining us it's, it's good to have the both thank you for having us man no we're, we're very very happy um we're trying, I know we were discussing off camera, we're going to try our best not to uh, go berserk on the people who deserve <laughs> who deserve our attention. It's hard, it's hard. But Are we talking about the pieces of shit that are in power? Basically, okay, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I want to I wanna start by talking about um, some of the areas that were hit, places like uh, Mar Mikhail, Jemez, Ashrafi, Bush Hamoud, Carantino. Exactly. Um, these are all... I mean, people might not know looking on, on the outside, but these are all really crucial places towards the culture of Beirut. The economy of Beirut, the way all of us, we were raised here, we've all had great memories over there, childhood memories, older memories, and just the heritage that has been left behind. Yeah, because we were saying, like, Mar Mikhail, for instance, and Jemeze, they were a huge part of our childhoods, huge. I mean, every weekend we were there, and... Um, not just not just childhood. I mean, we used to get shit faced, yeah. drunk every yeah. single weekend. Yeah. We used yeah. to walk the streets, sometimes sober, sometimes yeah. not sober. One hundred percent. And now these, you know, I I think it's it's important to point out that not only has this political class taken our livelihood, uh, you know, taken our businesses, made the the entire country inhospitable for anyone to try to make it, but they also took our memories now or even our coping mechanisms. You know, whenever shit hits the fan, you want to just take a break or you want to grab a drink, you go to Madame Khayel, like you said, Jamaisa, and now we can't even do that. And all of these memories and all these Polaroids that we once took are just, you know, reduced to rubble. I think, and I know it's tough to be really optimistic now because it's, it's a shit show, but it has to be rebuilt because it's, it's that mixture of old Beirut meets, there's a very accepting vibe in Monaco. You know, it doesn't Absolutely, matter Absolutely, yeah. Fucking six foot ten foreigner it's coming a melting from, pot from, from, from different you know, it's a melting yeah. pot, and it's it's that's fun. where all the foreigners come in as well. Whenever people come to visit Lebanon, I remember a few yeah, of my you foreign friends. You go to Maram Khayel, and everybody meets. Everybody's in a very good vibe over there. You tend to forget all the problems that are going on in the country when you go to Maram Khayel. It's as if it's 
a bubble within a bubble. Like that, that's super interesting because I feel like what happened during the October 17 revolution and especially what happened now, um, we, because of the nature of Lebanon, because of the entire sectarian kind of DNA that is interwoven in the country, um, we were living parallel realities within the same country. We had people living with Lait al-Faqih, which is a super extremist Islamic uh, mandate, two people that were getting drunk every day in Maram Khaya, and that was happening parallel. And what happened during the October 17 revolution and during this blast, we were suddenly exposed <coughs> sorry, to these kinds of people, to, the, to people of different socio-political backgrounds, which is totally fine. But we were kind of sheltered from that, A, because of social media, which kind of uh, grew this, this uh, rift, and B, because of just our entire history that just segregates people, you know? And suddenly everything just blew up in our face, both figuratively and literally. And we saw the level of desperation that we were otherwise never exposed to. I think um, Samir and I, and I'm sure you guys as well, saw the, the, the poverty and the, just the level of despair. Now, does that mean that Lebanon is not a livable place anymore? I, I think me and Sam completely disagree. I think there's a reason why we're talking to you guys. There's a reason why we take to the streets. And it's because I think, and Sam, maybe you can add to that point, that Lebanon is such a beautiful country inside and out and i've seen some shit uh on a violence perspective on a poverty perspective but i've also seen some positive things and for the time being the positive has thankfully outweighed the negative by a long shot you know uh, no, i'm not just going to give you that postcard image of lebanon wow you can fucking ski on the day uh, or yeah, yeah. the beach in one hour the beach yeah, in one yeah, hour yeah. It's, I, I hate that yeah, saying it took, us, it took us two hours to get there <laughs> <laughs> and you were five minutes away <laughs> exactly but no I, I, i'm uh, besides that postcard bullshit sentimental stuff that you hear that you usually tell foreigners because it's a nice sound bite to have you know uh, but the the um, the people, man, that just kind of uh, came together in almost an instant, when all the other governmental sectors, when all the um, when the police and the army just stood by and did nothing and stayed silent for the longest time, uh, just the people came together. Uh, I have a lot of friends of mine who started giving me calls, mind what what should I do? Where should I go? I'm like, yo, just show the fuck up. Go down to the street. Ask people. If they need help, bring a shovel, bring a broom, and that's it. You know, eventually things became organized and we set up uh, base camp, right? Because do you think that's normal? Do you think it's it's in any way, shape, or form normal that a disaster this size happens and it's it's fucking government inflicted? Let's be real. It's yeah, yeah. Else's fault. And the reaction of the people, because that's I think it's the only thing keeping us going is is through all this negativity and bullshit and. I'm very careful on the word resilience because we've gotten to a point where I feel like you could I don't want to be resilient anymore. Yeah. I, I just want change. You I don't could use I think the resilience as a way to be like, oh, yes, Lebanese people have been through so much so they could be resilient. But yeah. it should stop. But just exactly. We're not like Phoenix. We don't have to rise that, up man. again. Yeah. We just have to keep going. Keep going straight. Why do we the have Phoenix, to burn? The phoenix does not exist. <laughs> exactly. It's, so a, it's a fictitious so bird. Yeah, yeah. But, but some people need this ideology to follow in order to feel safe and secure. But we don't have to be like phoenixes. Like we don't need to burn and then rise up. We just have to keep on rising. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll keep burning and rising and, and all of that as long as it's going to lead to change. Because let's not fucking burn and rise again and again and no. have to endure this shit Absolutely. over it. That will burn again. No, we don't have to. It should be sustainable for future generations. Maybe we lost our past, present, and maybe we lost some of 
a part of our future, but this shouldn't stop us from keep on going. Um, like I, th I think the Lebanese people have something very special and it's their level of adaptability, right? We have around 15 million expats that are Lebanese that are living abroad and each one of them has created their own kind of nook and their own uh, community, if you will, uh, in a very strange land that, you know, that is very difficult to do. But that level of adaptability of the Lebanese people is also a double-edged sword. Why? Because if you're able to adapt to any situation, you're also able to adapt in a situation that is as destructive as the one that we witness now. So on one end, it's good that we are able to adapt, but it's another, uh, it's another thing to, to adapt and to be complacent. And we don't want to be complacent. We want to be able to adapt, to stand on our feet, but to advocate for change at the same time. And that, I think, is a very important w thing. Wouldn't you, th wouldn't you say that adaptability is one of the main reasons as to why our country has not yet reached its potential, as to why we've been living in such negative circumstances for such a long Absolutely, time? Absolutely, man. Yani <laughs> during the war, when, when let's say, uh, there was they couldn't bring any like new products, right? Mm -hmm. let's, I'm going to take the most basic example, Nutella. If there's a shortage of Nutella, you have the Lebanese guy that's going to be like, we have a hazala, yeah. or we yeah. have this, or we have that. We're so there's that kind of mindset. Yeah. Oh, man, like, oh, we, don't, we, we don't have electricity, let's use the motor. Yeah. And now there's an entire industry for motor. So that kind of uh, versatility um, worked to our benefit, meaning that we were able to survive, but it kind of uh, hampered our development. And yeah, we remain silent. Because we remain silent, because we're like, okay, خلاص, يلا, you know, uh, uh, this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. but, um, man, I, when people tell me, yeah, Mar okay, first of all, le let's just be clear, this is not the first time people call me to ask me if I'm alive, yeah. right? This is, I, I witnessed, this is the second time people ask me, the first time was in the 2006 war, and that's fucking crazy, yeah. right? And um, man, like, I don't want people to tell me, yeah, Maureen, uh, just be thankful that you're alive. No, I don't want to be thankful that I'm Why should it be in that situation in the first Wh why place? Why should it be that? Why should that be the fucking metric of success of mm. Me yeah. being you able to it, live yeah. in this country. Yeah. 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 Some people are like, thank God it happened at this time of the day. Or no, man, yeah. it shouldn't happen it shouldn't at first. Happen, yeah. Especially a catastrophe as big as this yeah. one. You have fucking 2,750 tons of ammonium nitrate. But That's 2 million people live in Bro, Beirut. Uh, Germany, Germany stores, regardless of where it's storing ammonium nitrate, storms, stores only 25 tons maximum of ammonium nitrate. And they definitely do not store, the, store them in the most residential areas yeah, of the country. Jo Jordan stores it in a uh, double in concrete desert. in the... In the fucking desert, 70 kilometers away from the capital, and reinforced concrete next to each other, just in case one blows up, the other won't blow up. We stored it in the port, which is it like shouldn't be like a small lighter, which is right port. next to the most like populated residential area. And make no mistake, Yanni, I think Sam came in and saw this when we were man. I started breaking down doors, and my foot became blue because I broke down doors. And the stuff that I saw, the people that I saw, man, don't forget, the people that live in Maram Khail and Jermaiza and these people, they're old people. You have a few artists that have this nice loft and what have you, but people that Most actually live here, it's old 60, 70, yeah. 80 no, no. years old. 100 years old. Maybe. These guys have Even lived more. so much in their yeah. life. These guys have had wars go, like passed by wars, have had such harsh experiences. Three, four wars. And yeah. and but you know what they've told me? They've told me in all the years that they've lived and all the atrocities that they've seen, the level of solidarity that they witnessed during this very crucial time in Lebanon's history was something that they have never seen before. Because make no, no mistake, these people used to uh, get stopped at checkpoints and be killed from both sides of the bridges. They stop you. Sorry, if it's, in, if it's from West the east, east yeah. if you're Christian, they kill you based on your family name. If you're from the west, they kill you if you're Muslim. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I'd like to add something here. This is what actually keeps us going. Like 
um, whatever is happening now or before, before the blast or now, how people are helping each other, this is the image of the future Lebanon we all want. Like if you see the revolution at first, it was music, dance, and people ha enjoying their times together. And this is what Lebanese are made for. Now we have a crisis, everyone is helping. You enter houses of people you don't know, you see pictures like with blood on them, and you just get emotionally touched, but it also keeps you going. Like I'm in a house helping someone I don't know, and I don't care if I know or not, but we are here to help. And this generation will actually lead us to a better country, like as it should be. What, what really fascinated me as well was this happened. And then there were already a lot of NGOs that existed, but the amount of NGOs that also started forming just because of this, foreign NGOs, domestic NGOs, I, I know both of you guys are working with Mintishreen, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but Bait it's not an NGO. Like, Bait Nai Bait Bait is, but yeah. Mintishreen, no. Uh, the thing is, whenever there's a lot of NGOs, it's not... Some uh, of them might be unreliable as well. Yeah, but also it's better to have like a couple of ones joining forces and yeah. working together. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What was the initiative behind like Bait Baitak and... It actually started uh, when the pandemic came in. Uh, so we decided to give out empty apartments for the medical staff so they don't go back, so they don't go back home to their families and affect them with the coronavirus. And that's how it started. But now we are like rebuilding houses, renovating, even some families are left with no homes. We're trying to secure them some apartments. From a support end, did you feel like did you feel as if there was a lot of support coming? A lot, a lot. As much time? like as much support as we have, I was thinking for thirty years, a lot of international communities have helped Lebanon with money or supplies. Where are they? Yeah. Like if you see the amount of people helping Lebanon, you'd be like, oh wow! For thirty, forty years, people were helping this much. But where is all? Where like did all the money yeah, go? Like where did where all the money go? <laughs> who took this help? And this uh, this is what happened during the civil war. Um, the Lebanese government actually gave out a call to all the Lebanese expats to bring back, you know, cash to restart moving the the economy once again. Uh, when it comes to support, I was um, suddenly I gained this crazy amount of support because um, I was taking over my friend Gino Raidi's lives on Instagram and uh, those were epic by the way those were epic those I were think epic. well I made the, I made the mistake of being friends with someone like Samir and someone another person so they just gave me a shield and you went full Viking we, yeah. we went kind of full Viking and we were just um, in the front line and uh, you know um, Samir uh, you know what do you do against Samir? In life? Yeah, li well, in the city, <laughs> yeah, as a citizen. In the past life. In the past life. Well, I uh, own a startup and I used to work in the construction. Okay, Samir is into construction. I'm a TV producer. My friend is a musician. My other friend is a lawyer. And we're all on the front lines with shields. And I'm looking, I'm like, what the fuck is happening, man? Where are we? And so, uh, so we're I, in I a gained war the support. Zone. We were in a war zone. I gained the like support. Literally, no. We gained the support because we were actually showing what was happening while people were sleeping in their castles. And one of the levels of support was, I think, Mia Khalifa, who, who follows me now on Instagram, which I'm very thankful. Thank you so much, Congrats, Mia. Mark. Congrats, I'm very Mark. happy with you, it. You achieved the dream. But no, no, like, <laughs> imagine, like, it, it support comes in very, you know, in various shapes and sizes. She's and been like, very supportive throughout this whole time, by she, the way. She's been, like, she's been great. There, there yeah. is no such yeah. thing as a small contribution. Let's be very clear. Like, some people can't support uh, the way that we can, but they can try to support in the smallest thing. And there's no such thing as a small piece of support. What Mia Khalifa decided to do, was to uh, she, she told me she was uh, cleaning up her house and she uh, 
she found uh, the, her pair of glasses that she was wearing during her uh, pornographic films and she decided to put that. them up for I auction. That. And now I think it's reaching like $100,000 and these $100,000 are going to go to uh, Lebanese Aid. And that's a unique that's way to help. Creativity comes into play. I'm and losing, this is, this is a, a girl who's been shunned in Lebanese society. Yeah. Not yeah. by us, because we're a bit more forward. We're fans. Well said. I mean, we're quite forward thinking, but <laughs> on a general, she was fucking shunned and she got she so much shit. She was death threats as well. Man. And just look at the amount of patriotism a girl like this has living in Los Angeles. It doesn't take doing. patriotism. You just have to be a little bit human, you know? Just a little bit. Yeah. Like if you see what happened, you can't just remain silent. I receive messages from people that are living abroad. They're not even Lebanese. And they want to help in any way. Some of my friends I met in my travel, they're sending five, ten euros to just to contribute. And they need help more than we do, maybe. But, I mean, what happened is like, yeah, it's like a catastrophe. It's, it's an apocalypse. But for me, this is a major turning point to a better life. We need it. We probably, maybe I'm, I'm going to be too harsh, but maybe we, some of us needed this to wake up and really see who is uh, controlling us. And what the fuck is going on? Th what the fuck is actually going this on? This has to be, because uh, we can't afford it anymore, this has to be the catalyst. If this doesn't change the system of the country, then what, what's going to change it, man? We all grew up, I have a question for you guys. Growing up, did you, did you not know that our government was corrupt? Did anyone really not know? I think it was a given, bro. Everyone knew. We knew and we said, oh, it shit. It was it the status quo. But the, my question to you is, do you feel that you are also to blame for, to a certain extent, staying silent? Of course. I think we all are. I think we, because like, we like are we're... Silent, no, but I, I, this, is, this is our time. But Before, we back, couldn't do anything. But, no, but that's staying silent. And going back to what we were talking about, Lebanese being adaptive. We were silent because we have great adaptivity skills. We were just, we knew that this we is We also were living in bubbles. We were living in a bubble. As you, so you mm, were like saying, I wasn't here when the Thawra started back in October. I was still living abroad. I was keeping up with it. But even through the videos that I was seeing, it was the first time where I see, as you said, like different sects of Lebanese society all coming into one. Like people who don't usually go, like us, go out to places like Maram Khayel, clubbing, throw house parties. And all coming, holding hand, hand in hand. You could see sometimes people who work in the mosque and people who work in the church as well. That was so symbolic, especially due to the religious divide that we have in the country. 100%, man. And I think we have been fed a certain narrative whereby as soon as one of us tries to talk politics, you don't understand anything. You're young. You're, you're you know, you, you don't know war. And it kept going for three, four decades. Motherfucker, I, I don't <laughs> need to know war. You guys were idiots. You guys were killing people based on their, uh, on their religion. I don't need to know this to be part of the political discourse table. I want to be able to engage myself politically because you guys failed time and time again. So don't tell me that I don't need a seat at the, uh, at the table. You need to be benched and you need to make way for people that know what the hell they're talking about, that don't want bloodshed, that can think forward, that can think for... Uh, for the future. Let's stop with this whole PTSD bullshit whereby you can't do anything. If you feel like you're helpless, come behind me. Let me show you how the hell it's done or step aside. Yeah. That's and it. stop criticizing people for actually wanting change because you also see there's a small sect right now. Oh, nothing's going to happen. Why the fuck are they going down? Well, it's all this narrative, uh, uh, no, it's not bigger than so us. We no, can no. do it. We it, can. it cannot continue. No. Whether people like it or not, no, it cannot Absolutely not. I believe it's 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 being destroyed now. Like their cards are burning. Absolutely, we just have to stay together, like really united, collaborate, and focus on what we actually want. Our main target is to have 
a proper country, a better Lebanon. And we should focus on that, like really focus on what we want, really organize, communicate. We, we can make it together. We can really make it together. We all have, we all have, I think every single person in this room has the ability to go abroad, to live abroad. We all do. But it's that sense of nationalism, that sense of hope, that progressive feeling that you all, that the shit that you've been through is really inspiring all of us. I see it in both of you guys when you talk, I can see the passion in your voice. It's different from somebody else just saying, oh yeah, I want change. You guys are actually taking on the front lines. action. Bro, we, we, we have the We bled. My, 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 Dude, my I've, I've been shot. Sam has been shot. I've been shot at my friend. <laughs> but the thing is, uh, like we, there's literally blood, sweat, and tears that have been put. Like my entire shield was full of blood because at some point, I was uh, I was taking a break from throwing uh, uh, tear gas back and uh, or at least away from uh, from supporters and uh, as, um, I don't know if you can see this on the camera but my because I threw so much tear gas away it burned through my finger and so I, I want to take a little break and at some point I looked to my right it was when they were just going uh, next to the parliament and trying to break in. Um, I see uh, a blast take place and just suddenly smoke and I see 20 people just drop to the floor. I was on this uh, thing where I could see uh, far and I go down and I run to them and I see one of my friends, Marwan, who um, got hit and apparently what happened was there was a, a stun grenade that was thrown and the shrapnel had hit him on his arm and at the back of his leg and he couldn't walk. What we thought was uh, a small... Uh, shrapnel that took place into his leg was actually something that entered and gave him nerve damage, which is why he couldn't walk. So I put him on my shield yeah, <laughs> and lifted him. And I'm like, you owe me for this, you owe me for this. And I'm, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm running towards, to, towards the stick. And yeah, I, yeah. We, we laugh about this man, but like, this is very serious yeah. shit. Like, uh, that day was That's really That's our coping mechanism that we have to laugh about or else we're fucking crying in a corner over there. You know? But that day was really heavy. Like, that day was super heavy, like, seriously. And uh, we, we carried people out. I went back home, like, had blood all over me. Not even my blood, but I carried women, carried men. Like, yeah, let's go out. Because they were really intense. And they actually shot live ammo, yeah. live rounds, uh, pellets, like shotgun ammo. I removed two from my butt. <laughs> That's funny, but... <laughs> Yeah, like it's a sad type of laughter that we're, we're, we're laughing at. It's now. it's the only coping it, mechanism it, uh, that we have, it's, man. It's, it's, yeah, I know we have reached a point where we actually um, don't feel. We're too numb, but where we we I personally can see the light, and I think him and other people on the ground are this light, and if he leaves, I can't keep on going, <laughs> like seriously now. Uh, this is why I always say we have to stay united. And this is, this is what they fear most. And as long as it's this generation that is united and this generation is capable of moving things forward, we will make it through. Uh, a nuclear uh, shotgun or whatever, we will make it through. Mm. And I'm sure we will. I think it's important also to, to note that um, there's a lot of big political players uh, that have their eyes on the people of the revolution. And what they try to do time and time again is that they try to divide us. How? Um, by, make, by asking us 
questions about the like the most divisive issues from the uh, from sorry the weapons of Hezbollah to what you want to do with um, with the borders to what you, how, how do you feel about this how do you feel about Syria how do you feel about Israel so these divisive issues that they never were able to agree upon in parliament or in any other uh, uh, political institution they ask us these questions and when you answer them because because we're not united we don't want to be united as a thought i went down to the streets for different reasons than the guy that went down because he wanted to eat or, or drink you know and it's and that's okay there's uh, what happened in the thought there was this democratization of our uh, of our wants and needs you know but after a while when you dig a bit deeper you'll discover that people are different which is totally fine you know we all wanted what uh, we all knew what we don't want and we all knew we until this day we all know that everything is bad with this system the thing is with lebanon and for people that are listening that really kind of don't know the dynamic our political institutions are interwoven with religion so if you are against someone let's say or, or let's say uh, in the us if someone is a shit politician you wait until the next uh, next election cycle and you elect someone else based on their policy based on how good they are at their bloody job but in lebanon if the guy is absolute bullshit right if i'm shia which i am and i'm also a sunni and i can't give a fuck um, but if if i'm shia and i'm shit at my job people are going to still vote for me because if someone else that is comes from a different sect tries to take my place it's going to be an existential threat on the entire shia sect so that's why they stick to what they know better the devil you know than the devil you don't so i think this is something that is structurally wrong with our system which is why one of the things that we advocate for is changing the bloody constitution of lebanon with diversity with diversity with diversity man going this is what's happening going the yeah while you think about what you want to say i was talking with some friends about possible solutions in the whole political aspect of the country and the crazier part is none of them could give me a solution that did not involve sectarianism because we've been so embedded with it. We were born in it. We grew up with it. Some of us just don't see another choice. And the only argument that they give you is that, no, we have to protect this population or this sect or whatever. But this is what pushed us. This is what pushed us as a generation from religion. Yes, to a certain like extent. People definitely. don't go to church, to mosque, because they think it's a corrupt institution. And it is, nowadays it is. But if you go back to religious books and you read about them, you, you can actually learn a good way of life. I'm not, but, but these people in politics have used it, it as said, the to separate yeah. and divide us. And it's still working until today. If I go now to uh, any area and I insult their religion, they will hit me and maybe kill me. Listen, I think religion started off as a good thing, you know, whether it's Abrahamic religions like Christian, Jewish or, or Muslim or otherwise. I think um, the message was true. The message was noble. And that's why it garnered so many followers. But and this is a theory of mine. I think in the um, 15th century, during the Gutenberg Revolution, before the Gutenberg Revolution, the only people that knew how to read and write were priests. I'm going to take the Christian example. And when you know how to read and write, you have control over information. And when you have control over information, information is power, right? And so you're able to control people. But after the Gutenberg Revolution, 
um, the printing press happened and the texts, the texts, sorry, were able to be disseminated without the middleman or without the uh, guardians of, of information. And so when, when that happened, when people were, uh, were, had this information, the priests at that time said, oh shit, we're losing our power, losing our control over the population. Let's become even more radical and divide people. Let's create the entire narrative of us versus them and not be as welcoming as so before. So being like groups of people exactly. gathering against other groups because uh, everyone thinks that this group is here to replace you or to erase you, but no, we're, we, we are here to live in harmony. But that's what they, they And this is now. what we are showing in Thaura and now after this blast, like every, I said it before, everyone going in houses, you don't even know where they come from or, or maybe this house like, is a drug place or uh, is yeah. a whorehouse, you don't know. But you are you're in you're it, there you're helping. Go. There's a whore house in Malachi. Sam, that was way too quick. That was way, too quick. First option that came to you his mind. You would know since you're a <laughs> But no, no, that, 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 analogy, that analogy that he just yeah, gave yeah, with yeah. the printing press and spreading knowledge, I would say you could use that analogy to our generation in the sense that so during our parents' generation and the old generation, people could be easily like manipulated by the politicians because access to information was very rare very limited now our age is the age of social media the age of the internet where we can't be as deluded as people were you can't trick us as easily we grew up with that we grew up by being taught in schools about thinking rationally about questioning everything and the role of social media in this revolution in my opinion and the change has played a massive 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 role you said about like gino ride for instance megaphone news these are the ones that come to the top of my head along with many other influences people like yourselves you use social media platform and i think people our generation no longer rely on corporate media and level yeah, yeah. to access Until today, information if you yeah. see like the pic uh, pictures and videos from the blast they don't come from street cameras yeah, yeah. they come from phones from, phones. Absolutely. from personal phones and this is how our like this shows how the government is like incompetent incompetent yeah. you know they can know where you are if you insult the president on twitter but they can't actually find out who put these <laughs> well, six or seven yeah, years ago. Find out. They can't find out. Yeah. But it's, it's not only media. It's, I, I think of them like an octopus. And, and this is how fucked the situation is. Sports, our sports teams are politically affiliated. Yeah, Hassan Sarkis, man, at some point he was with Chanville and they tried to impose uh, some director, some sports director that was politically uh, affiliated. And he we spoke about to fuck this off. Uh, yeah. once we, did, we wanted to have like a gaming federation, in Lebanon, yeah. an electronic gaming yeah. federation, and we couldn't unless we had two people that are from this, politically affiliated. from X party. Mm. Do, so you have, do, you have, do you guys have, sorry, finish. No, 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 please don't. I wanted to ask you, do you have any politically affiliated friends or is that a thing of the past? Like, mostly it's a thing of the past. Are the people the listening to this conversation also politically affiliated? If they, they are. are. <laughs> <laughs> if they are. I got news for you. Anyone yeah. who's politically affiliated, I don't talk to yeah, anymore. Yeah, me too. No, and actually, I haven't you spoken should. to them in a long time. But you should. Mopshi. Just to see if, if they are still... Uh, Redeemable. If they are still blind, you, you if know, there's you hope, know, sorry, sorry, to stop you trying. know what, you know what, I, I used to agree with you, and I used to love to debate, I used to love to Not argue. debate, just to see if they're still blind, if they are blind, just but, keep, but keep, that's keep the on thing. going. When you've been brainwashed from such a young age, I, I don't know what it, 
a blast that's that's destroyed half of our city. You know, some people were happy. Cannot convince them. So what's going to convince some them? Some people were happy about it, and they went on social media. We wish that the whole Beirut was. I saw that. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Can I say some of these people, man? Like, why do we give attention to them? We should. These people are literally trolls that are trying to polarize whatever. I don't think anyone's happy about I that. I usually don't say bad words, but these people are little shits. Yeah, right. yeah, man. Listen, little listen. What <laughs> some? <laughs> Like going back to <laughs> going back to these friends that are politically motivated, I think there's something important to state here, which is um, these people usually have their parents and relatives that are part of the uh, political sect, right? And if they want to leave this political sect, it's going to be very difficult because if they do leave, right? It's not like we as revolutionaries or p- people that are not affiliated, we're going to welcome them with open arms and say congratulations. No one gives a shit because it makes sense for you to leave, right? But if they leave, they will lose their entire sense of community. So they have that at stake. Why would they sacrifice that without anything in, uh, in return? So we just have to be careful with that. Now, when it comes to the dialogue that we have to have with these people, I think, to be honest, before the 4th of August, there was some sort of dialogue that could be made. But but after the 4th of August, I don't think there needs to be a dialogue anymore. I, I think agree. it should just be a statement. And either if you are, it's either you're with us or you're against us. Because if you're against us, you are part of that political elite that fucking killed us. You know, and you should be tried and you should be, uh, uh, fa- you should face the fucking consequences for your inhumanity, man. Like, it, it's crazy. These these sons of politicians, these people that are religiously affili- uh, politically affiliated, the, the problem with them is, they grew up with their father or their or their uncle or whatever that was kind of this hero during the war. And wow, my this uncle that I really look up to is this big guy in this uh, political institution. I really look up to him. And not only that, not only are you radicalized to like this party, but you also grow up with this romanticized idea of war. But you don't know what it means to carry your friend after he has been shot. You don't know what it means to have your foot blown off if you stand on a mine. So that, I think, is a very dangerous element that we... We have to just kind of break down. Uh, I don't want to isolate people, man. Like I'm, I'm the last person that, you know, calls people sheep or you know just yells yeah, at people and tell them. I don't think we should, but I don't know how we need to talk to people that are still complacent or still happy with the status quo. But in my opinion, in my opinion, if people are still following the status quo, sorry, but I think that. They're just benefiting out of yeah. it. So the reason why of they course. are, they're getting but either some, financial but gain some or influence. are still emotionally attached because, you know, I lost my father, I lost my mother, mm. to, uh, whatever. Yeah. But these people will eventually not wake up, but change and adapt to an, uh, a better system. I somehow, think adapt, somehow when, the adapt. Old one, when the old system will fall and a new one will emerge, let's not call it system because system is too... But like when these people will fall and new people new will come... It will change. You can't blame a society when the government is as bad and as corrupt. Like, really. And our government literally owns everything from media to hospitals to churches to Education, mosques to schools, schools, even schools. Yeah. Like, but I what do you expect? I think you touched on a really good point, which is this romanticizing the idea of dying for your clan, of, of oh, our brothers and sisters, our fathers, our grandfathers fought Fuck in the that. war. Okay. Fuck that. <laughs> no, no, yeah, because fuck we move no, no, no. forward. <laughs> fuck that. But but in terms of progression, what's this getting you? What what what, what semblance of money? Exactly. Money, yeah. money. and That's emotion, money and game. loyalty and safety. Yeah. Because if you do something to him, I have his back. As as. Yeah, but bro, the security is a myth. 
Like, yeah, sure, they have my back, but whenever they call for me, I have to go and risk my life to but answer for, them. For some people, this myth you call is their like uh, safety or punching yeah. bag or something they hold on it's their life yeah. mo- it's their mantra they it's, live it's, by it. it's the same for some people and religion they're like holding on to something they can't touch or see and don't forget about these people that are going to fight besides monetary gain man um they also have like we said not just the um, romanticized idea of war but that crusader kind of mentality or i'm fighting for my religion i'm fighting for this this crusade or this jihad or whatever you want to call it man so but i i i met a, f- a few people from the south and they were down and samar came in uh, developed very strong bonds with these people these people are with you 99 with everything that you're talking about but when it comes to these divisive issues that we spoke about like the hezbollah's uh, uh, weapons They tell you, I'm with you on 99%, but just don't talk about this. And we don't have to talk about it. We can just start micro and eventually address it once we remove these people from the system. I know it's a bit idealist, man, but we can't just completely segregate people. It's happening. Seriously. Like, you, we have to believe in this. And we are changing. We are the change. They will die in a couple of years if if we didn't remove them now. But that's the thing. That's the thing that, that, but the way the way the system is set up with these guys, it's like, for instance, you have people whose grandfathers have been there. But it's gonna Kisan be different. Then, yeah, it it will be, but the systemic. But if they get rid, there's still a lot of systemic corruption that's built in. Over Absolutely, here. I'm not saying no, but it's different. It's not like this guy. It's not the same. No, it's not. He doesn't have the experiences to that guy. It's it's. I, I'm telling you, and I'm going back to this with the importance of social media of of snapping people out of this brainwash we all said well, well, well why d- while we were part of the problem our mouths were silent we weren't saying anything now we have a platform where we can say many things and i know so many people that were quote-unquote brainwashed who snapped out of it because of what they've been seeing on social media i think all of us to a degree have seen some things and it like, has so much power like a few days ago we were at base camp you remember that trash pile We did a video yeah, about it. Yeah. Like the next day, they yeah. called me from the government of Beirut, and, and now they removed it. By the way, so Samir uh, has this tendency on social media to be very romantic. You know the way that he speaks about the he's country. He's a pacifist. He's a pacifist. I could you tell. Know, peace and love. He lives in Ikhir Ma'amar Allah and like the mountains. So he's very <laughs> chill. He's not like the city people. And he he developed this reputation of being very romantic, very pacifist. And for the first time ever. I saw him very angry, so I just pulled out my camera. I'm like, okay, there's a trash pile behind you. What do you say? And the video went fucking viral, man. People went crazy. All of the media got a hold of this video, and we were able to make a change. And that is the, the best example of how you can pressure people. You should remain silent. Like, if you see something wrong, just speak out. I think that whole silence uh, What's the worst thing that gone, can happen? Man. And I wasn't attacking one specific person or insulting this person. It's just like it was the idea behind why the fuck a, a trash yeah. like a, a mountain of trash inside a residential area like yes yeah, so, so, so for people i think that are just listening we basically set up something called base camp between uh, this political movement called bentishirin between uh, embrace uh, lebanon which is an ngo for mental health with baitna baitak that rebuilds uh, now houses and provides alternative housing and as well Mwata Libnani who really have been there from square one to basically take care of our city from cleanliness to civic education. civic education. And when we decided to put the base in the Maram Khail train station, we noticed that whatever it is that we were recycling were just being thrown in this dump that was just a few feet away. 
And um, that was ridiculous because as Samir said in the video that maybe we can share later on, people's houses have been demolished, therefore the glass has been demolished. Therefore, if you have a pile of shit in front of it, it's going to infect all of the houses. And if it rains, it's and going it to rained. lead to even more and and it it rain. It's going to lead even more sickness. So even in this most basic uh, human need, they were they were corrupt. You know, even our trashes, but corrupt. Because everything is like all our problems are political. Even Jura, I'm sorry, I'm gonna <laughs> But seriously, man, even the trash cr- problem is political. It is. I mean, is. what the hell? It is, it's been going on for so many and years. And also, and like nobody reports about you know, that. like 60 to 70 percent of our trash is organic. It should be recycled. Yeah, should it should be, be yeah. turned into compost used in plantation since uh, some of the political parties want us to go into agriculture. Like, use it smartly. <laughs> Did you know that? No, I'm sure they didn't know that. They don't know shit. And it should be recycled as well, Sam, because we're not going to be able to import stuff anymore. No we don't have not. money. No, we're not. So we have to even make do with what we have. Even glass, man, there are machines that crush the glass and ac- eventually use them in building walls. The boy is Denmark, Holland doing that, but not Lebanon. Why? I wonder why. Why? It has nothing to do with money. Uh, no man, and it has nothing to do with people or brains. It just has it's just a political problem. What uh, what are the different types? So for anyone listening, who's I hope everyone has gotten involved, whether that's through donating resources, money, uh, their time, effort. But what are the types of things people should be looking out for and helping with? Each other, one another, seriously. Like there are a lot of people sending money, sending medicine, sending whatever. But in Lebanon, locally, people should look out to each other. Yeah, just check and on your neighbor from time yeah. to time, man. Like just call, what's up? You need anything? I'm here. Because mentally, mentally, we're all. Yeah, listen. Even if edge. you live in uh, Erez in Pshare, you were hit by this. Like people were hit physically, uh, emotionally, morally, materialistically. Every way, everyone was hit. So we need each other. We have even to. My parents went in the country when this happened. Yeah. And even my parents, my mom told me the next day, she's like, me and your dad, we were sitting. It's like, I was we were there. just pissed w- the whole day. We were just down. Even until now, they're pissed. And they they haven't even come to the country to see what's happened. Most so of us uh, were there. Yeah. And you see, you can't control the amount of, of, of worry and how pissed off your parents are going to be. I remember when I was going live on my account, not Gino's, I was receiving comments from my dad, like, please calm the fuck down, where are you? <laughs> and I was with the shield. So you can't control the worry, but I think Sam said a very good point. Besides building, besides being on the ground and helping people, I think it's very important to check. Uh, I'm working as a suicide hotline operator and one of the mandates, one of the, sorry, yeah, their, their main mandate is talking saves lives. And it's super fucking true, especially now. You don't know what people are going through, and we have this tendency to say, "Yeah, I'm fine." You know, but that, that's not the case. Fine stands for fucked up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. It could be your neighbor. It could it be me. Yeah, but you could never. I'm tell. not gonna call you late at night, Sam. But like, <laughs> don't rule it out, though. Don't rule it out. <laughs> I brought his hopes and dreams down, man. Don't, yeah, don't yeah. Yeah. like that. Actually, I don't sleep, so you could <laughs> <laughs> hit me up at three. Yeah. Welcome I'll to the club. I'll be awake, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, but, but yeah, like you, you have to check on people, man. And if they tell you they're fine, check on them again the, the next day. We had, we went through a very, very traumatic experience. And you know, 
um, it's 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 a bit weird what I, what I'm gonna say, but whenever there's a big problem that takes place in Lebanon, it's usually in some sort of stronghold that is away from you know uh, where we live, you know. And for the first time ever, this affected us. Yeah, yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. You know? we were all shook. And usually, when you have a blast or explosion, it's in a street or in a building or in one car. But it's a very specific. It's a whole capital. Yeah, now it's different. Mm. Every single person felt when it first happened. Every single person felt as if it was right next to them. Yeah, like yeah, we were here, we thought it was outside the building. You were showing us your videos today. You thought that you were, you were gonna get bombed left, right, and center. Uh, Dude, I, I, like, I still can't believe that I'm here talking to you. Like, really, I escaped death. I don't know how, but I think this is, uh, this is part of my uh, life, and I should keep going. I shouldn't be like, oh, and sad and whatever, but. I'd like to say something. Yeah, I, I, I think you should a bit. I think there needs to be I, some I, time I deal morning. with these in different ways. Everyone uh, has their own honestly, coping mechanism. Yeah. 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 Um, but we should like stick together. It's, it's our only weapon. Continue having that sense of unity. Yeah, man, and, and, and be non-violent. Like, you can't tell people to be non-violent. I think it's hypocritical. You can't tell people to, s to just completely be peaceful because in the end, they've lost everything. So who are you to tell them what to do? But in my opinion, what made these politicians go fucking crazy is that we were able to gather so many people for such a long time and put so much pressure without shooting a single bullet. And that made them crazy because... The only language they know how to speak is, is violence. violence. That's something none and of them were able to shit. do. But this, exactly. is, this is how they can control This you. is how they can control you. So if you, were, if you want to uh, become violent, you start, you know, you're in their court. You, and they've been playing this game way before me and They're you have... experienced, yeah. You know, have, you know we're, we're even conceived. They're warlords. Yeah, so why would you want to stoop down to their level? Make, make them confused, man. They built this country out of wars wars and division like segregation yeah, but we don't want that yeah we don't okay, want to build we can our go new country now to the yeah. parliament and like destroy everything and shoot everyone what's, what's going to come out of that no. going to come out of it it's just going to create more, will occur more in instability more deaths are going to happen more division will happen between you the need to you need so to outsmart them exactly like you said because it's clear that um their wits only come when it comes to corruption. Other than that, they are not clever. They fear our unity. And they fear unity, and they fear people outsmarting them. And honestly, and it's, it's it's it can be done. Easily done. And that's, that's the scariest thing to them. You think when they come down and they see people with, with rocks and sticks, mm. and that, they, they lick their lips, they wait, they love. They, wait, they, love. They, they adore when we are facing the army. Of course. Because this is not good for... Uh, like internationalization yeah. yeah yeah and how fucked up yeah. is that so this that, is that. why i always keep a narrative like don't attack the army anymore why because maybe not a hundred percent of the army is clean but the army is a hierarchy they have like uh can i say something uh, okay you have continue your point about the hierarchy i know, I know that they are standing in between us and freedom yeah but they are humans under the un under whatever they're wearing. They are humans. Maybe some of okay. Let's take a group of ten people, ten army men. Maybe two or three are politically affiliated, but not all of them. And this is if we keep on going with the narrative. You know, Jesh Khat Ahmar, like the army is a red line. They they hate that. They hate that we always praise the army whenever they shoot at us because they want 
us to be more violent towards the army so they can control not us necessarily even more. Uh, listen i'm not advocating for violence whatsoever whether it's against the army or whether it's for anyone uh, against anyone but i've seen it with my own eyes someone taking a shotgun and shooting people and you have uh, members of the me. army behind them right what does that mean are are the people that are wearing this military garb maybe they're not army maybe they're just thugs in uniform that's a possibility it, that, maybe that's the case then okay fine because a real soldier would never do that fair enough a but real lebanese soldier would never do that and i can promise you that but these people are thugs they give them army clothes and they like there are some things if we talk about the right now yeah true they could but seriously it's a hierarchy and there are people controlling this so if 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 I get if I'm a thug and I get a hundred men wearing army costumes, I see both sides honestly. I I understand the amount of look. If you if you lost a brother, if you lost a father, if you lost a grandfather, you who's to stop you My from going? My friend, one got shot by by one of them. And and, and mentally, I'd, who's going to be able to stop themselves from go, going down and, and going go, berserk? Go deeper than that. Like if you're just going to apply to the Lebanese society. So I said this earlier in a previous episode. The whole city before what happened, the whole country was in a, the worst economic situation it's been in in a while. People could barely afford to get uh, to buy anything. Whatever. Prices yeah. were going very high. And then th- over 300,000 people have no houses anymore to live in. And then add on to that, so many people lost their loved ones. How are you going to feel? How are like, just th- think about 300,000 people have lost blame, their houses. How are you going to feel inside? Always, uh, would but always blame the main players. Yeah, yeah I'm not saying like that. Really. But I'm saying if somebody's going to get violent, if I was in a situation, but direct maybe, the maybe violence to the proper institution. But, wha- but wha- when you're in the heat of the moment, when your when your emotions take over rationale, you tend to forget what yeah, yeah, how yeah. to judge. You become in impulsive. The heat of the moment, yeah, you become impulsive. Uh, it's it's not that. easy to deal with yeah. anger, and I saw it like Lebanese people. Whenever they're angry or under stress, they start shouting at each other. I, I apologize if I shouted at you once upon a time. No, it's fine. He was he was hinting it very strongly, by the way. He just pointed he at me directly. At man. Like, His peripherals were aimed at you. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm a defender. I don't attack, but I will defend him with my life or anyone around I, me. I agree with that. I rationale. could die for him. I don't mind. That's I don't attack. It's it's not going to get us anywhere. I agree with you. They have guns. Yeah. We don't. Yeah. We have brains. That's true. Let's use them. I uh, I wanted to ask you mine in particular, because we were talking about the idea of media and how like media in this country is corrupt as fuck and how you can you know for many years we can't get inside the government yeah we can't get insightful information and then i saw when you started your podcast one of the main reasons as to why you started your podcast which is called serde yeah was because you wanted to shed light into ongoing issues that are going on in lebanese society so um so regarding the podcast uh, first of all i think we all agree in order for us to be able to talk about the subject and to be able to get to the meat of the subject we have to talk about it for a prolonged period of time. Well, the problem that we have in media right now, media is heavily politicized, obviously, or it's just you know uh, subject to the highest bidder, right? Whoever pays more will get his narrative broadcasted first. With with podcasts, because you have a long form conversation, um, you first when you bring guests, they're they're more comfortable, and you can actually start talking to them like normal human beings on TV. When you watch a segment, a political segment, you have your usual talking heads, you know, the, the usual suspects that come that just talk bullshit, that throw these sound bites for them to make front page news. 
but in the end you get out of the segment more confused than you yeah. got in yeah, 100%. right which is crazy what we do with podcasts and what you guys are uh, are doing thankfully and what we're trying to do with uh, Saturday me and media is we're trying to shed first of all we can say fuck shit motherfucker yes, yeah. this is great because this is how people talk and <laughs> second we yeah it's true, man. Especially Lebanese. Except some. I always Except say that. Some. <laughs> Except some. Yeah. yeah. And so we, we can talk like normal <laughs> human beings. Man, when, when I listen to people with like a radio voice or with people that talk with like they're very stuck up and man, like take it's it, remove stick yeah, from yeah, us yeah. and talk yeah. to me like a normal human being. So Exactly. Like no so nice about man. podcasts and uh, we speak our language and you talk like you know, it's, it's as if it's there's no cameras. It's as if us it's five are us. sitting in the room and having and conversation. People, uh, people who are listening are people probably like-minded. And if they are not like-minded, they will actually, oh, this is quite interesting. Because we're, we're natural. I'm not here to sell you on an idea. And what I, what I love about podcasts in general is w- with traditional media, you can come on for a 20-minute segment and you can be a person. You can, be a, you can act. You can be a new person. With a podcast, with a longer-form content... And that's unscripted it's very tough to fake your personality in the heat of the moment we are who we are and it's going to show you can like it you can disagree with our points of view but that's the whole point and your podcast which we have a name it's called Serde was one of the first podcasts I saw and I said fuck that's what's been missing I yeah, swear to God because yeah. we, we thought of this I idea about this earlier yeah. we thought of this idea uh, a few months ago uh, of, of starting our own podcast and automatically, that, that inner insecurity when we saw you released yours was, fuck, somebody did something kind of similar. Shit. Oh, but that's good, man. That's good. And you that's know what I mean? Thing. But then when we, we calmed down and we realized, we're like, amazing. Because somebody else is, is changing the script. They're doing something new. And, and on the contrary. Look at this as inspiration. And he has different yeah. topics. Like no, sometimes it's too political. Other times it's... The other time, the, the latest episode, we got a sexologist, man. And you, we got a sexologist and we started talking about sex. And man... Everyone's favorite pastime is, for some reason, very taboo in the Arab world. Why is it taboo? So we started talking about these very interesting issues that are usually discussed behind closed doors without any filter. And because my, uh, I had to say co-host, but because the person that I'm with uh, uh, in the podcast is a woman and uh, she's older than me, she has a different kind of uh, outlook and that kind of interplay between different uh, approaches to life is very interesting. You guys are just a bunch of... um, <laughs> <laughs> That's what we that that w- one of my favorite podcasts is uh, what's it called a legion of skanks and it's just a bunch of guys like you and it's it's always interesting because I, th- I think when it comes to podcasts there are three kinds of conversations that take place and sometimes they happen at the same time the first kind is the informative right so when you bring an expert and they can tell you about you know specific facts the other is opinionated, so I value your opinion. I'm a follower. I listen to your interpretation of these facts and how you uh, how you deal with them. And the third kind is shooting the shit, where you, you guys just chill out and you guys talk. And you know, you, you the person that's listening just has a good time and does something in between. What people thought in long form conversations was no one has time. Everyone wants bite sized content, snackable content, all this bullshit jargon that you listen uh, from marketing uh, uh, people, but they thought that podcasts were going to take a portion of your day. But from what I've seen, 
And the, f- the feedback that I got, man, you know, there was one woman that's, that screenshotted while she was uh, watching our podcast, me and media. And I think it was a topic about men and women and what you would do if you found your friend's girlfriend or boyfriend cheating on them. Would you go directly to that person and tell them, listen, you have 48 hours before I tell my best friend? Or would you, you know, uh, stay silent? It was that kind of topic. And it was during Ramadan. And that person that took a picture... Uh, took uh, uh, a picture in front of Sahna Suhoor, so you had a lot of sh- chocolates and stuff, and she was veiled, and there was like a very small TV, and in that TV, there was just me and Mehdi, and that person lives in Tripoli. And I was like, holy shit, man, I'm not just talking, like people are like, yo, I'm talking to people from this north, from the south, from expats. The power of, of, of uh, um, social media and of uh, these digital platforms like you guys are doing is spreading this message out there to people without this middle man that usually tries to filter, that usually tries to push their narrative. And that absence, man, is so important because you can just, you know, go plus crazy. No one, no one is yeah, it's just direct. Yeah, plus, plus from the source to the plus recipient. No one is paying us to say that. Come on, we're it. just doing it. No, no yeah. oh, I wish if anyone wants <laughs> to pay. I could use a shout out to the advertisements. <laughs> you got Fauda and Serdi over here. No, no, but <laughs> sa- I, 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 think really I think we will live to see better days. I, I believe I, that. I, I think really believe that. Platforms like Serdi are crucial. And for anyone listening, please check it out because it's. It's the exact type of thing you and I were talking about that's that's missing from the, the media landscape here. And what you guys are doing is fucking awesome. Yeah, yes, yeah, like especially uh, our generation should follow more uh, social media accounts than alternative uh, media. Alternative, 100%. I'm sorry, uh, alternative media accounts than like TV stations or whatever. Especially, especially in the Middle East. Especially in the Middle yeah, East, yeah, I would yeah, like, yeah. bro. Honestly, all over the world, but all no, over no, but the world, t- but in America, like in America, yeah. especially the millennial it's generation. No, but and also you have access to more. Stuff. You have access. But the millennial generation in the States and Europe are already consuming more alternative media and corporate media. So they're limited yeah. to what they have. And you know, here in the Middle East, you actually search for the West and East word. Oh, okay. In the West, they don't actually look what's happening. In the you'll be, you'll you know, be some surprised. People in you'll the States, surprised. they don't even know that Lebanon exists. S- so there are some Lebanon, people. Pennsylvania. But, <laughs> but there are also a lot of people that I've met in the UK that are I'm very sure, interested sure, in the, the mass, culture. Yeah, the yeah, majority yeah, of the people, mean. they don't give two dams about Beirut or whatever. But you actually know if something happened in Texas. Yeah. You know about Look it. at the American elections, yeah. for instance. All of us right now here are informed yeah. to a certain degree. Yeah, I, I, I know about gerrymandering. You know what gerrymandering is? It's when they draw the districts for Republican vote. Why the hell do I know this? Uh, I don't know why. gerrymandering. I know. <laughs> Yeah, like because <laughs> because you live in a country that depends on geopolitics a lot. Hello, um, listen, I think the reason why we know so much about international politics and we don't know a lot about Lebanon is because the political elite or the powers that be try to make it a point for us to be turned off by our politics, whether by completely dismissing us as people that don't know anything to making it uninteresting to also not y- having a unified history, guys. No one has a unified history. We don't know what happened before the war, during the war. Sorry, we know what happened before the war. We don't know what happened during the war. Why? It's <coughs> all the tear gas. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's all the tear gas. And the ammonia and the glass. Not, but like, um, the reason why we don't have a unified history is because if we start counting the bodies that are under each and every sectarian warlord that is currently in power, we will actually face the fact that we are governed by criminals. And so no one wants to admit that responsibility. No one wants they to don't maybe face this. They don't want to face this responsibility. And so they just want to leave us in this gray area of confusion. You know? And we are in a gray area. 
Like for sure. No black and white. But you know, to be honest with you, and these two have known me for a long time and they can agree with me, I'm the biggest fucking pessimist you meet. I'm the biggest pessimist you yeah, meet. To myself, in general, w- w- in any context. <laughs> Say it how it is. Say it how it is. <laughs> Thank you, Shabib. Comedy Central roast. It was okay. actually a sign. A guy held it in it the protest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> He was, t- he was talking about me. Direct translation, um, the guy that's a dick never changes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, anyway, as I was saying, is I'm, I'm the biggest fucking pessimist. You're the biggest dick? <laughs> exactly. But I genuinely think this, what, what's happened now over the past few weeks, it's the catalyst. There, there, there is go- it's not a matter of if there, will be, there is going to be change because it is happening it, it's happening currently as we speak and it's not going to be a pretty road it's not going to happen fucking tomorrow after tomorrow in a year maybe no mm. but there is going to be change I, I can say it quite confidently and this is coming from the biggest pessimist you'll ever meet but I think it started on October 17 yeah. and we are this change we are this light like in every each in every one there is a light and we are the lights of the light to be poetic, as he said, but 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 seriously, seriously speaking, <coughs> no, we are this change. We make this change happen. If we stop now, we will lose, and if we keep on going, it's not that we will just win, but we will r- like be victorious, and not only us, your kids, our grandkids, like everyone will speak about this moment. This year is the year of change. And we will. We are writing history together, so let's just stay united, and stay focused on the, our main goal, that is Lebanon. Yeah, let's not focus on Gibran Basile's son yeah, or like yeah, the, fuck like the let's new not Lebanese focus flag on these people or partying Michel or these people partying at the beach. Fuck them. Those are all distracting, and you shouldn't give too much attention. Yeah, to distraction them. and disinformation. These people are are happy like that. Let them be. How can we still help? How can people, anyone listening, watching, but don't care what platform, but how can people still contribute? And I help? think I think they can, c- you know, contribute by just being politically motivated, you know. Um, or be present. Be not present. Not physically, but support. Yeah, w- w- be part of the discussion, man. We need people to start proposing. We, man, you have a lot of it. very smart people in Lebanon and outside of Lebanon that can really be helpful in building this new Lebanon, man. So... I know it might seem ugly, and I know that sometimes it's it's you know it's not the most attractive thing, or it's not as entertaining as uh, uh, the American politics. But we can really make the change, and uh, if it's not us, then who? If it's not now, when? So just be politically uh, motivated. You will have a tremendous amount of support from me, from everyone here, and just uh, just like he said, just be present and uh, go forward, man. Amen. Every day I say the same words to people because I try to motivate people as much as I can. I know we've been through rough times. I Tony know Robbins of Thought. I know the way. Some, some people can't handle tear gas. Some people can't han- handle blood. Tab- okay, go down and help build the city again or clean. If you can't do both, don't, don't stay at home and criticize. At least push us morally. There's a job for everyone. Yeah, push yeah. Moti- yeah motivate us. And if your parents or whatever are still following political parties, no man, like leave the house. Do something. <laughs> do something. Get in. Get in the port. Do something about it. It's your life. It's your future. Our parents. They 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 experienced it. They now experienced it's our it. Turn. They probably had yeah. good lives. They had bad experiences, but they will not 
secure your future, our future. You have to secure it yourself. Yeah. And it's your life. I know a lot of people my age uh, that they, they've been pressured by their families to leave the country and it's not never going to get any better. But no, it's your life. It's yeah. your decision. Boys, thank you very much. Thank you so uh, much. We covered quite a lot. But amazing uh, conversation. Loved honestly. having you guys here. Yeah. You guys are balls of both of you guys balls of positive <laughs> keep keep yeah. keep, <laughs> keep <laughs> having that viking spirit keep going on. in with the shields and uh, no thank you, you know guys it, uh, w what keeps us going is one another yeah. seriously uh, i said it before in our first talk we're like a bonfire we need sticks stems big woods logs we need all of this and every single one of us is is part of this bonfire yeah. And thank you guys for, for doing whatever it is that you're doing and promoting this entire podcast culture because we're fed up with whatever media diet that we used to have and it's us that needs to push this narrative, this narrative of truth and uh, yeah, the only way is going forward and truth is paramount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we should uh, move forward with this generation. We should. Cool. Thank you guys very thank much. You guys thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please make sure to like, follow, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Anrami, Spotify, Instagram, Facebook, and I'm a sellout. Thank you.